Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza, aka the Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at the Gratitude Chick for Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. Welcome back to another episode of your reading corner with the Gratitude Chick. So today we are back reading The Power of Awareness by Neville Goddard. We are on chapter number 18. And as I said in yesterday's episode, I'm reading from The Complete Reader. So I'm not sure when this book really ends. I think it's 20-something chapters and the chapters are small. So I think it's really only two more episodes of this today and uh, Tuesday should be the last episode of uh, this book. I'm not sure what we are reading next. Um, Haven't decided yet. It might still be Neville Goddard. I have done um, Feeling is the Secret and The Law of Assumption. I did those in 2021. So if you guys want to scroll, 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 scroll down, um, you guys can, you know, listen to those. Okay, so we are on chapter number 18. It is called Be Ye Doers. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man holding his natural face in a glass and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. James 1, 22-25 The word in this quotation means idea, concept, or desire. You deceive yourself by hearing only when you expect your desire to be fulfilled through mere wishful thinking. Your desire is what you want to be, and looking at yourself in a glass is seeing yourself in imagination as that person. I agree with that. Forgetting what manner of man you are is failing to persist in your assumption. The perfect law of liberty is the law which makes possible liberation from limitation. That is the law of assumption. To continue in the perfect law of liberty is to persist in the assumption that your desire is already fulfilled. You are not a forgetful hearer when you keep the feeling of your wish fulfilled constantly alive in your consciousness. This makes you a doer of the work and you are blessed in your deed by the inevitable realization of your desire. You must be doers of the law of assumption for without application, the most profound understanding will not produce any desired result. Frequent reiteration and repetition of important basic truths runs through these pages where the law of assumption is concerned the law that sets man free this is a good thing it should be made clear again and again even at the risk of repetition 
The real truth seeker will welcome this aid and concentrating his attention upon this law, which sets him free. The parable of the master's condemnation of the servant who neglected to use the talent given him is clear and unmistakable. Having discovered within yourself the key to the treasure house, you should be like the good servant who by wise use multiplied by many times the talents entrusted to him. The talent entrusted to you is the power to consciously determine your assumption. The talent not used like the limb not exercised withers and finally atrophies. Wow. What you must strive after is being. In order to do, it is necessary to be. The end of yearning is to be. Your concept of yourself can only be driven out of consciousness by another concept of yourself. By creating an idea, and you know what that means. Um, let, me, let me just stop and say this. When it says, by dry, um, your concept of yourself can only be driven out of consciousness by another concept of yourself. And it's basically him saying is once you um, assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled and your desire is realized, it is driven out by your next assumption, whatever you want next. So I, 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 and I decided to stop and say that because I don't want you guys to think that you have to pick one thing and that one thing only. No, it's more of a concentration on one thing at a time. There are some people that believe that they can manifest, you know, multiple things at a time. And that may be true for them. But when you're first starting out and you're first learning a thing, let's pick one thing at a time until you build your your manifesting muscle. You know what I mean? So that then you can, you know, do whatever. But for now, yes, concentrate on one thing. By creating an ideal in your mind, you can identify yourself with it until you become one and the same with the ideal, thereby transforming yourself into it. The the dynamic prevails over the static, the active over the passive. One who is a doer is magnetic and therefore infinitely more creative than any who merely hear. Be among the doers. So right now, as I'm reading this to you, you are a hearer and I am a hearer because while I am actively reading, I'm also actively listening. So we're both we're both um, hearers. This is telling us to be doers and how we be doers, how we become doers is put this, this stuff into action. You know what I mean? Take time every day to go and build your, your visualization muscle, build your imagination muscle. You know what I mean? Inject yourself into the visualization and then inject your feelings in there so that you can imagine your world, the world that you want, being your reality. And it's not merely just imagining the world that you want. It is imagining that this world that you want is your world currently. That is what being a doer is that he's speaking of. Imagine that the world and things that you want already exists. When you go into your mind, or when I go into my mind of being 
an author and a podcast host and a traveler, in my mind, I am traveling the world and I am recording wherever it is that I am traveling. While I'm writing my book, I am talking to you guys via my podcast from places like South Africa, from the, you know, yachting on the Mediterranean Sea, you know, going through, you know, doing a a Nile River cruise, you know, things like that. That's what I am imagining in my life. That is what I want for myself, you know? And so when when I see myself, the, the thing is, is that so far these have just been um, daydreams because it has been harder for me to inject myself into the into what I'm seeing. And that is the part that I know that once clicks for me, it will just be it, you know? So I'm trying to get myself into those daydreams to turn them into visualizations. But that is what I see myself. I see myself as a writer, as um, an author, as someone who, you know, talks about gratitude all day long, who lives gratitude, who travels the world, you know, giving a good word to people. This is this is how I see myself. This is how, this is what I want for my life. So, I'm sorry. I kind of went off on a tangent there. Okay, so chapter 18 is done. We're on to chapter 19. It is called Essentials. The essential points in the successful use of the law of assumption are these. First and above all, yearning, longing, intense, burning desire. Do you have these things for what you want? I do. I have a yearning, a longing, intense burning desire to be an author, to spread um, my gift of speaking to people on my podcast. All of you that listen every time I upload, you guys are giving me the platform to be able to speak. So my yearning desire is what I just, you know, went off on a tangent and said, that is what I want to be. I want to explore this world that God has given me, you know? I am 46, but it's not too late for me. I can spend the rest of my life doing what it is that I want to do, that I desire to do, that I long to do, that I yearn to do. This is my goal, and I plan to start it very, 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 very soon. Okay, with all your heart, you must want to be different from what you are. Intense burning desire combined with intention to make good is the main spring of action, the beginning of all successful ventures. And every great passion which achieves its objective, desire is concentrated and intention. You must first desire and then intend to succeed. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Here the soul is interpreted as a sum total of all you believe, think, feel, and accept as true. In other words, your present level of awareness, God, I am, the power of awareness, the source and fulfillment of all desires, Understood psychologically, I am an infinite series 
of levels of awareness and I am what I am according to where I am in the series. A lot of that was in brackets, so it may have sounded a little bit convoluted. This quotation describes how your present level of awareness longs to transcend itself. Righteousness is the consciousness of of already being what you want to be. Hmm. Second, cultivate physical immobility. A physical incapacity not unlike the state described by Keats in his ode to a nightingale. A drowsy numbness paints my senses as though of hemlock I had drunk. It is a state akin to sleep, but one in which you are still in control of the direction of attention. And I think maybe he may be talking about lucid dreaming, but I don't think that's what he's talking about. I think he's talking about that, what um, Dr. Joseph Mercy Murphy calls that sleepy, drowsy state right before you go to sleep or right when you wake up. You must learn to induce this state at will. But experience has taught that it is more easily induced after a substantial meal or when you wake in the morning feeling very loath to arise. Then you are naturally disposed to enter this state. The value of physical immobility shows itself in the accumulation of mental force which absolute stillness brings with it. It increases your power of concentration. Be still and know that I am God. In fact, the greater energies of the mind seldom break forth save when the body is stilled and the door of the senses closed to the objective world. The third and last thing to do is to experience in your imagination what you would experience in reality had you achieved your goal. You must gain it in imagination first, for imagination is the very door to the reality of that which you seek. But use imagination masterfully and not as an onlooker, thinking of the end, but as a partaker, thinking from the end. Imagine that you possess a quality or something you desire, which heretofore has not been yours, has not been yours. Surrender yourself completely to this feeling until your whole being is possessed by it. This state differs from reverie in this respect. It is the result of a controlled imagination and a steady, concentrated attention, whereas reverie is the result of an uncontrolled imagination, usually just a daydream. In the controlled state, a minimum of effort suffices to keep your consciousness filled with the feeling of the wish fulfilled. The physical and mental immobility of this state is a powerful aid to voluntary attention and a major factor of minimum effort. The application of these three points is this. Number one, desire. Number two, physical immobility. And number three, the assumption of the wish already fulfilled is the way to atonement or union with your objective. The first point is thinking of the end with intention to realize it. The third point is thinking from the end with a feeling of accomplishment. The secret of thinking from the end is to enjoy being it. The minute you make it pleasurable and imagine that you are it, you start thinking from the end. So basically what he's saying is the first part is to desire. And when you desire something, 
um, you are thinking of the end. You are saying, this is what I want. So my desire is to be an author. It is to be um, a worldwide or nationwide podcast host where this podcast is well known and you know people love it and I have millions of viewers and subscribers that is my goal and that is my desire and to you know of course to travel and do my podcast and things like that so that is my desire and that is how I see it in the end I am seeing I am thinking of the end that is what I am doing and the third part, which is the visualization, is when you're thinking from the end, which means that you are living there, you have injected yourself in there. I am actually a best-selling author. I am actually a uh, podcast host with millions of subscribers and listeners daily. I am a world traveler who records and writes Um, from different countries around the world. I am living in that. That is the difference from desire and imagination. So I think it is, um, I wanted to kind of reiterate because sometimes you don't know the difference of living, of thinking of it or thinking from it. And it really, really is a big difference. One of the most prevalent misunderstandings is that this law works only for those having a devout or a religious objective. This is a fallacy. It works just as impersonally as the law of of electricity works. It can be used for greedy, selfish purposes as well as noble ones, but it should always be borne in mind that ignoble thoughts and actions inevitably result in unhappy consequences. So that was chapter 19 which was a little bit longer. So we're going to go straight to chapter 20. It's called Righteousness. In the preceding chapter, righteousness was defined as the consciousness of already being what you want to be. This is the true psychological meaning and obviously does not refer to adherence to moral codes, civil law, or religious precepts, which makes no sense because righteousness is about really, not really religious, um, precepts but definitely biblical and I I don't think they're the same because religion is man-made and yes the Bible was written by holy men of God but it was directed by God so it is the word of God so for me um they're two in the same but righteousness has to do with you know God not necessarily outside of God So, and I feel like that's what he's saying, even though he's using the word religious precepts. Anyway, that's just my opinion. You cannot attach too much importance to being righteous. In fact, the entire Bible is permeated with admonition and exhortations on the subject. Break off thy sins by righteousness, Daniel 4.27. My righteousness I hold fast and will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me so long as I live. Job 27 6. My righteousness shall answer for me in time to come. Genesis 30 33. Very often the words sin and righteousness are used in the same quotation. This is a logical contrast of opposites and becomes enormously significant 
in the light of the psychological meaning of righteousness and the psychological meaning of sin. Sin means to miss the mark. That is not what sin means. (laughs) Not to attain your desire, not to be the person you want to be is sinning. I don't, I disagree. I, I disagree with that, but you know, everybody has their own interpretation of the Bible depending on what you believe. And I am a person that believes that the Bible does not say this is what sin is. Um, <clears throat> I do believe in... It is hard to say because I do believe that the Bible has been tampered with over the years, um, especially with all these translations. Um, and, you know, I do believe that you know, they've taken a lot of books of the Bible out because it reveals too much. And, you know, the the powers that be in this world didn't want us to know as much as, as, as uh, it was telling us. So I believe that books like the Book of Enoch was taken out of the Bible. So I used to be a person that believes wholeheartedly in, in the Bible, but I do believe that um, especially the King James Version was written um, with, you know, a lot of the Bible in mind. I do believe that. But I believe there are certain things in there that were translated incorrectly. So I think right now it is really by faith that we are kind of walking um, in, on this earth. And I, you know, I think the basis right now of, of my belief is that there is a God who is the creator of this world. Um, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins and that the Sabbath is true. Those are the three things that I stand fast on my belief. Everything else, you know, not saying that I don't believe, it's just that you know, it's hard to believe a tamper, something that's been tampered with. These three things I believe because I have had a metaphysical, you know, experience with God on those three levels. So those three I believe, and it sits outside of the Bible. So anyway, uh, let's see, where am I? Not to attain your desire, not to be the person you want to be is sinning. Righteousness is the consciousness of already being what you want to be. It is a changeless educative law that affects must follow causes. Only by righteousness can you be saved from sinning. Um, Okay, there is a widespread misunderstanding as to what it means to be saved from sin. Okay, let's see what he's saying now because I'm already disagreeing with him. The following example will suffice to demonstrate this misunderstanding and to establish the truth. A person living in, a, in abject poverty may believe that by means of some religious or philosophical activity, he can be saved from sin and his life improved as a result. If, however, he continues to live in the same state of poverty, it is obvious that what he believed was not the truth. And in fact, he was not saved. I agree with that. On the other hand, he can be saved by righteousness. I don't, okay, I'm going to just keep reading. The, the, the successful use 
of the law of assumption would have the inevitable result of an actual change in his life. He would no longer live in poverty. He would no longer miss the mark. He would be saved from sin. Okay, I don't agree with the last part. He would be saved from the life of poverty, not from the life of sin. Um, Sin is a choice, you know. I don't believe that we live under the law anymore. We live under grace, correct? But um, sin is, you know, basically the disobeying of the law. So when you... I, I believe that sin is, of course, a physical act. It is disobedience and okay and if you think of disobedience in the fact that a person is choosing poverty thinking some you know thinking that's the way to righteousness or the way to a godly behavior then I guess in that sense it is sin because the bible says that God Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly so to choose, actively choose poverty, then yes, that may, I can see where he's connecting the dots to sin. It's um, it's not a good connection. <laughs> it's a staticky connection, but I get the connection. Except your righteousness shall ex- exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 5.20. And that just says something, something okay something about the pharisees and the sadducees and the scribes back in the day because he said except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and pharisees you will not go to heaven and that just lets you know where they on their way to that's all i'm gonna say scribes and pharisees means those who are influenced and governed by the outer appearance appearances the rules and customs of the societies in which they live the vain desire to be thought well of by other men. Um, no, they were actual people. The scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. I understand he's trying to take who they were to describe them maybe in today's world. Um, is the only thing I could think, but they were actually people. Unless this state of mind is exceeded, your life will be one of limitation, of failure to attain your desires of missing the mark of sin. This righteousness is succeeded by true righteousness, which is always the consciousness of already being that which you want to be. One of the greatest pitfalls in attempting to use the law of assumption is focusing your attention on things, on a new home, a better job, a bigger bank balance. Ooh, okay. This is not the righteousness without which you die in your sins. Righteousness is not the thing itself. It is the consciousness, the feeling of already being the person you want to be, of already having the thing you desire. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6.33 The kingdom, entire creation of God, your I am, is within you. Righteousness is the awareness that you already possess it all. Um, I don't really know if I agree with this chapter. I do, you know, of course, agree that um, the kingdom of God is within us. The Bible tells us that. I agree that God dwells within us. I agree Jesus dwells within us. 
but I don't know if I agree, of course, with his description of sin and things like that. Uh, but again, the Bible is subject to man's interpretation of it, so um, we all interpret it differently. So chapter 21, this will be the last chapter of this episode, probably because I talked a lot. So chapter 21, free will. The question is often asked, what should be done between the assumption of the wish fulfilled and its realization? Nothing. It is a delusion that other than assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled, you can do anything to aid the realization of your desire. Now, I agree to a point. I I believe that when it says, what do you do in between the assumption of the wish fulfilled and its realization? To me, it's gratitude. Always inject gratitude as you wait to receive what you've asked for. Gratitude. Be grateful for everything that you have right now. Practice gratitude daily. Um, So that would be my only thing. But I agree when he says there's nothing that you can do to aid the realization of your desire other than continuing to visualize um, that, you know, what you want and be grateful for it that's that's really it you think that you can do something you want to do something but actually you can do nothing the illusion of the free will to do is but ignorance of the law of assumption upon which all action is based everything happens automatically all that befalls you all that is done by you happens your assumptions conscious or unconscious direct all thought and action to their fulfillment To understand the law of assumption, to be convinced of its truth, means getting rid of all the illusions about free will to act. Free will actually means freedom to select any desire, any idea you desire. By assuming the idea already to be a fact, it is converted into reality. Beyond that, free will ends and everything happens in harmony with the concept assumed. I can of mine own self do nothing because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. In this quotation, the Father obviously refers to God. In an earlier chapter, God is defined as I am. Since creation is finished, the Father is never in a position of saying, I will be. Whoa, that's that's deep. In other words, everything exists and the infinite I am consciousness can speak only in the present tense. That is super deep. I got to read that again because that just like, woohoo. In this quotation, the father obviously refers to God. In an earlier chapter, God is defined as I am. Since creation is finished, the father is never in a position of saying I will be. In other words, everything exists and the infinite I am consciousness can speak only in the present tense. That is deep. Not my will, but thine be done. I will be is a confession that I am not. The Father's will is always I am. Until you realize that you are the Father, there is only, I am not the Father. There is only one I am, and your infinite self is that I am. Your will is always I will be. Now, I disagree with this because I am not the Father. The Bible says that I am created in his image and in his likeness. So, by proxy, I 
am able to use I am. Not that I am I am. So that is what I believe. I will never usurp God and his authority by making myself him. I am in his image and in his likeness, which means that I have the power to speak and it be as he has. But I am not him. I am not my own creator. So this I disagree with. Um, You are free to believe as you want. In the law of assumption, your consciousness of being is the Father's will. The mere wish without this consciousness is the my will. This great quotation, so little understood, is a perfect statement of the the law of assumption. It is impossible to do anything. You must be in order to do. If you had a different concept of yourself, everything would be different. You are what you are. So everything is as it is. The events which you observe are determined by the concept you have of yourself. If you change your concept of yourself, the events ahead of you in time are altered, but thus altered they form again, a deterministic sequence starting from the moment of this changed concept. You are a being with powers of intervention which enable you by a change of consciousness to alter the course of observed events, in fact, to change your future. I agree. Deny the evidence of the senses and assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Inasmuch as your assumption is creative and forms an atmosphere, your assumption, if it be a noble one, increases your assurance and helps you to reach a higher level of being. If, on the other hand, your assumption be an unlovely one, it hinders you and makes your downward way swifter. Just as the lovely assumptions create a harmonious atmosphere, so the hard and bitter feelings create a hard and bitter atmosphere. Whatsoever things are pure, just, lovely, of good report, think on these things. This means to make your assumptions the highest, noblest, happiest concept. There is no better time to start than now. The present moment is always the most opportune in which to eliminate all unlovely assumptions and to concentrate only on the good. As well as yourself, claim for others their divine inheritance. See only their good and their good in them. Stir the highest in in others to confidence and self-assertion by your sincere assumption of their good and you will be their prophet and their healer for an inevitable fulfillment awaits all sustained assumptions you win by assumption what you can never win by force an assumption is a certain motion of consciousness this motion like all motion exercises an influence on the surrounding substance causing it to take the shape of echo and reflect the assumption. A change of fortune is a new direction and an outlook, merely a change in arrangement of the same mind, substance, consciousness. If you would change your life, you must begin at the very source with your own basic concept of self. Outer change becoming part of organizations, political bodies, religious bodies is not enough. The cause goes deeper. The essential change must take place in yourself, in your own concept of self. 
you must assume that you are what you want to be and continue therein for the reality of your assumption has its being in complete independence of objective fact and will clothe itself in flesh if you persist in the feeling of the wish fulfilled. When you know that assumptions, if persisted in, harden into facts, then events which seem to the uninitiated mere accidents will be understood by you to be the logical and inevitable effects of your assumptions. So when it says, when you know that assumptions, if persisted in, harden into facts, that lets you know that when you create your, um, when you when you write down your desire and you create your affirmation to go along with that, the more you persist in affirming your affirming statement or your affirmation, it will harden into your belief. And your belief is part of the way that you manifest your, you know, what you want into your reality. So create your assumption, create your your affirming statement based on your desire and your desire of course is your assumption so write down what it is that you want to be do or have write that down put your longing your intense desire into it make make it evocative so that when you think about it you you know that this is this is what you want and then write your affirming statement to affirm your assumption and persist in that affirming statement because the more that you would persist in it it will harden into your belief and here it says if when you know that assumption if persisted in it will harden into a fact so persist in that affirmation to harden it into a fact or your belief The important thing to bear in mind is that you have infinite free will in choosing your assumptions, but no power to determine conditions and events. You can create nothing, but your assumption determines what portion of creation you will experience. So that was chapter 21. We will pick back up Tuesday on chapter 22 entitled Persistence. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, this, this section or this episode has been a hit or a miss for me. Um, just because when I read things that I don't necessarily agree with or believe in, it it makes me go, "Eh," you know, and, um, even though, you know, I don't necessarily agree with everything that Neville says that doesn't believe that his message isn't true. You know what I mean? Like I, uh, you guys heard all the things that I didn't agree with, but there are so many things that I do agree with. I am not a person that is swayed easily. So I am able to take the good out and, you know, and kind of trash the bad, what I see as bad. So I was able to extract all the good from this episode or this reading and kind of trash what I don't, what I disagree with. So I want you guys to do the same. You you may not believe how I believe, and that's okay. This is just how I believe. So don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life, guys. I promise you your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day.
thank you for listening to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest. Thank you.